Hey, welcome to Atomic Radio Hour, episode 114. I am your host, Vince, and I'm also here with... Your tank top host, Olive. Oh, fucking it up today, are we? Yeah, I've got a little tank top on. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. What's new? What's up? Uh, Not much. How have you been? I finally started work. What are you Um, doing? I am a... What are you wearing? My my job is kind of weird. What's up? (laughs) My job is... What'd you say? Go on. My job's actually kind of interesting. I'm working for one of my professors Mm -hmm. to be a, like, designer for the class. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it's a class that's, like, brand new this semester, so a lot of the stuff later on in the course is, like, trial run stuff, so I'm going through the content and making sure that it's, like, written properly and, like, tweaking exercises, but when I'm done with this job, I'll actually be able to put, like, um, academic administrative designer on my portfolio. No shit. Yeah, it's actually a really interesting position. So you and know the whole really well. You know the whole curriculum? I know the curriculum for uh, for this class, yeah. It's so, like, you're just going to pass class. instantly because you know all the answers. No, I took this class four years ago. I see. Yeah. I see, I see, but, I see. Yeah, so I'm, that's another thing on my plate of craziness, but I'm actually really excited about it. Cool. What about you, friend? Uh, you know, um, I always have things that I want to talk about here in this opening segment. And then you forget. And then I just forget. Uh, I'm just one of these people that uh, <laughs> I just <laughs> one of those people who just. What do you mean those people? <laughs> it's just I. I just constantly will have an idea going on, and before I realize that it's gone, it's not there anymore. And I and I carry a book on me to write ideas down. I just don't do it. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember what the hell I wanted to talk about here. There was something that I wanted to make very pertinent and talk about with oh, you. Oh. I know something that I want to make very pertinent and talk about. I, I think we had the same like realization at the same time. You want to say it together? Patreon. Oh, no. We'll get to that in a minute. Motherfucker. All right, fine. C- cut that out. No, I'm going to leave that in there because I want the people to see how you embarrass me. <laughs> what? What do you mean? No, cut that out. No, I'm not cutting it out. Fuck you. I want to apologize quick. Then. No, you won't. No, you can't. You can't do that. Um, I can do that. No, you can't. You don't listen to anything. You, I tell you the timestamp for lore, and you go there. I want to apologize real quick for last episode. Um, I pride our watch. Now it's going to happen again on this one. But I try to pride ourselves on having at least decent audio because uh, there mm-hmm. is a majority. I wouldn't say a majority, but there is a number of people that do listen only through audio. And the audio sounded like it was Fallout 2's audio when people talk. Yeah. And I apologize. I tried to fix it. And then we lost an entire fucking 15-minute segment. Mm-hmm. So every time we try to do Tweet Hines, it fucks up. We did it during... Yeah, at least the past two or three. We, yeah, we did, it during, dur- we did it during E3, and we lost everything. We just mm-hmm. did it recently. Lost everything. Uh, I mean, we lost everything just because the audio fucked up, and yeah. I couldn't figure the it out. The last time we lost the entire episode, so I f- consider this a net positive. Yeah. The fucking movie <laughs> review that we had to do twice? Yeah. Yeah. But I just want to apologize for that. I'm sorry that that happened. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Um, and I promise you I will do better. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um... 
in terms of introductory. Like, what's going on? Like, yeah, sorry, I just no, wanted to get like, that out of the way. Yeah, I mean, not much is going on. I've been, um, I've been mostly doing school stuff. So you that's playing been anything? Consuming most of my time. Uh, I'm playing Final Fantasy 14 still online. Still, um, in fact, it's what I was playing not 20 minutes ago. Really? Yeah, it's at it's right now. It's my my favorite game, and I'm making like pretty good progress in the main story. So um, I'm finally getting to like the higher level dungeons and stuff, and it's oh, really shit. it's really fun. I uh, I you, bought you should try Hawk. it. I'm not I'm not gonna do that. Um, I know you're not. Gonna. <laughs> I ha- I I do not like Final Fantasy, and um, I'm good. I just don't have the time or patience to put in hundreds of hours into which uh, an MMO. I have it in years, but I'm really glad that I picked up Final Fantasy. Even when I played WoW, it was like, hey, I'm going to play WoW. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would play it for two months pretty solidly and then just stop. Um, I bought the new Tony Hawk, and I've still yet to play it. I bought it three days ago, and I haven't played it yet. I don't uh, know how you do shit like that. Like, as soon as I get a new game, I rip it open and take the plastic off and I shove it in the game machine. I am like a kid at Christmas. I just, I have so many things going on and I'm so tired. I'm working on, including this show, four projects at once. So, <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, you're you're all booked out. I'm so, fu- like, I have the next few days off of work, like this day and the next few days. And I am just, like, I I was, like, looking at my schedule going, oh, I don't have a day off. Like, I don't. Like, it's just, like, come home, sleep. Come home from work, do whatever I gotta do, sleep, get up to do this. Then, not saying this in a a negative sense, get up to do this, Mm -hmm. then edit, then maybe do something for a little while, but then I have to get ready for the next project I'm doing, finish another project that I'm doing that's gonna be out soon, hopefully, and then do four other things. And then I have to record this and record... Like, I have to schedule time to play video games. Like, Kyle and I have scheduled to play Tony Hawk together. Yeah, um, and it doesn't help that you have the night shift, so your sleep schedule is flip-flopped. Yeah, and I can't even, like... That's what sucks about, like, I can't even play video games with friends at the end of the day. Like, I come home... I don't work nights. Just don't work nights. If that's the only advice I could ever give somebody is if they ever offer you night shift, don't take it. It's it's awful. It also <laughs> like majorly fucks with your circadian rhythm. Yeah. So, so I, why you're tired all the time. Maybe. Cuz your instinctual brain is saying, "Hey, it's nighttime, go to bed." Yeah. And your logical like capitalist brain is like, "I got to be up, dude." Yeah, and it doesn't help that I can feel myself, like, becoming slowly addicted to tea. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't mean that as, like, oh, God, I'd suck a dick for a fucking cup of black. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm saying it like... I'm actually drinking tea right now. Or, like, I like tea. I prefer tea to coffee, but it's like, I need the tea. Like, I get a massive headache if I don't have it. I'm like, this is how an addiction starts. But it's not like heroin. Like no, you can just stop drinking tea. You're gonna tell me that you're if you can sit there and argue that marijuana is a gateway drug, then you have to acknowledge that sugar and caffeine is as well. Because I know but, yeah, a bunch I, of fucking I, people I that get real irritable and real upset and real fucking shitty if they don't have their morning cup of coffee or if they don't have sugar throughout the day. So yeah, I I concede that. Did you know that Oreos light up the brain the same way uh, cocaine does? Like the same exact way. Ooh. 
That is a really interesting fact. Yeah, and that's why, like, I, I'm a... I wonder what that white stuff is made of. <laughs> I love cookies. I'm a cookie slut. And, like, you put a package of Oreos in front of me, and, like, I'm not going to guarantee they're going to be there. Like, I totally... That's why I will not try cocaine. Like... <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a cracker kind of gal. You are a and cracker. By cracker <laughs> I am a cracker. And by crackers, I specifically mean... The goldfish flavor blasted uh, gallon size. Oh, sized. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... I go through one of these a week because I have a problem. I remember growing up, I would come over to your house and it would just be like, hey, let's hang out in the kitchen. Oh, good, that's where the Oreos are and the fucking goldfish. And you and I would sit there and just eat Oreos and goldfish. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't even talk to each other. Just we just stare at each other very intensely and, and sl- Slowly <laughs> chew. We just... <laughs> so much of... Our time uh, to quote uh, a show that I that I like. Um, so much of our time is made up of sleeping and chewing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That ever bother you? I remember being a kid and being like, "So I got to go to bed for how many hours?" Yeah, right. That's a lot. That's more than. I a mean, lot. growing up, I wasn't really. I did, a strict bedtime was never enforced for me mm-hmm. because, like, you know, my parents. Yeah, and look how you turned out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm living my best life right now. You need to. S- oh fuck s- you! That, I would have said it no matter that. who said it. <laughs> oh, I know. Fuck I was you! Gonna say back that pussy up. Wow! God, God damn! damn. <laughs> Do not own one myself. I've been in the market. <laughs> You're in the market. No. Uh, can we fucking talk about Patreon now? <laughs> yeah, we can talk about Patreon. Okay. Because <laughs> we're talking about a market exchange. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got to thank some people. Who are we thanking, Olive? And what are we doing? Noah. Thank you, Noah. <laughs> uh, Noah, thank you so much. Uh, you're our, our first patron that we're talking about today. You've been here since basically the beginning. Thank you. Um, we really appreciate you. Next up is Gage. Twice. Once for the Patreon, another time for the Discord. He allows us to do cool stuff like uh, like stream and whatnot. And again, uh, I said it two episodes ago, I'm still working on the new show, uh, Lizard Brains, image here. Cool. Um, I'm working on that, so just give us some time. But because of Gage giving towards the Discord, we can stream in there, which means we can stream the movies. Um, but again, we're still working on it because it's a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Because <laughs> I'm a glutton That's for how punishment. It, oh, you are. Um, <laughs> next up is Jordan with a Y. Jordan with a Y. Jordan with a Y. Hey, uh, congrats and thank you. Yeah. After that is Danny. Danny, thank you. And last but certainly not least is Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. You're a champ. Thank you so much, guys. You are what make this show possible. And remember, even if you can't support us on Patreon, like, tell your friends. We want to share the Atomic Radio Hour love. Yes. Um, Alright, you want to get into this lore? I would love to. I wonder how many times I've said that now. We should do a, a lore comp that it's just, you want to get into this lore? And just hey, like that for every episode. How about this? You upload the past lore that we've been talking about uploading for a fucking a year now? How about okay. that? Can you do that? I can do that. And then I will. 
<laughs> and then I will um I will do that. It's just a lot. I know it's, it's a, a lot. lot, but it's, it's a just lot. parted out. I believe in you. All right. So, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna be going on with this uh, this series, this uh, trend, if you will, of the protagonist from the Fallout games. And last week we talked about the Vault Dweller, the first one from Fallout One, and now from Fallout Two, we're gonna be talking about the Chosen One. The Chosen One, born March 23rd of 2221, is the grandson of the Vault Dweller and the player character in Fallout Two. The bloodline of the Wasteland's most influential tribesmen extends all the way back to the Vault Dweller and his spouse, Pat. As the son of the Village Elder, the Chosen One is a member of the third generation of former Vault 13 dwellers and dwellers living outside of the Vault, similar to how his grandfather was the third generation to live inside of the Vault. The Chosen One was trained from birth to become a tribe champion and in the future their their elder. Uh, part of these trials were during sessions with Hakunin. Hakunin? H-A-K-U-N-I-N? With the final stage of the Chosen One's development being the Temple of Trial. A trial the Chosen One's mother had also completed long ago. After completing the, tra- the training, the Chosen One was sent out by the people of Arroyo to find the Garden of Eden creation kit which was believed to have the power to make a failing village thrive once again. In the course of the Chosen One's journey, he changed the wasteland in many ways, both great and small. His exploits brought experiments to the boring Kalamath. I understand 100% what that means. Uh, Hold on a second. Kalamath is a town built upon the remains of Kalamath Falls near the Kalamath River. Located in southern Oregon, Kalamath can be found four squares east of Arroyo. He ruined Rose's unique cuisine in Modoc and earned friendship and protection of John Cassidy. Let's see what they have to say about Rose real quick. She's just a barmaid, not the owner. Makes wasteland omelets. She has a quest called Kill the Chicken, a fenced-off building to the left of the bed and breakfast with rocks piled in front of it. It says Chicken Coop. Where Rose gets her eggs, kill the chicken. It's actually a deathclaw. Oh, so this is where the deathclaw omelet comes from. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I didn't realize it went all the way back. Kill the chicken. It's an easy uh, easy set of instructions. John Cassidy uh, is a companion that you can have in the game. In his travels further south, he exposed the broken hills anti-mutant conspirators. An attempt to rid the town of super mutants, thereby earning the loyalty and friendship of Sheriff Marcus, who joined him in his quest. Do you like how I went through four different characters there? In New Reno, he sired an illegitimate son who would eventually become the father and powerful leader of the Bishop crime family. Some of the most mm-hmm. important deeds took place in Shady Sands once he entered NCR lands. I, I don't know if that was intentional, but I kind of liked it. I did too. By killing Darien, the leader of the new cons, he arranged for the Vault 15 squatters to voluntarily join the NCR. This proved President Tandy's policy of peaceful expansion can be successful, which resulted in a campaign for the NCR's future expansion. 
Eventually, the Chosen One found the Gek in Vault 13, but he also discovered that there was more at stake than just the future of his village. The Enclave, a vicious paramilitary organization formed from select members of pre-war government and military-industrial complex, abducted the tribals of Arroyo in order to develop a biological agent capable of wiping out the entire human race outside of those specially inoculated. His journey to defeat the Enclave took him to Navarro, Navarro, where, where is, where is, was documented, where is, was documented. Where it was documented? It just says where is. Well, it's probably a typo. It probably is. I'm on fallout.fandom.com, great site, um, but that bothers me, sorry. His journey to defeat the Enclave took him to Navarro, where it was documented that he infiltrated the military base, where he was caught by its drill sergeants. Without the Enclave's regulatory uniform, taken for a fresh transfer, he was given the world's loudest berating? While the Chosen One freed Zarn, killed the Enclave scientist Dr. Sheber, and repaired the cyberdog named K-9 later leaving him under the care of a mechanic named Dorothy. The Chosen One reached the Enclave headquarters, the ancient control station Enclave, through the use of an old tanker, the PMV Valdez. He destroyed the oil rig by triggering a meltdown of its reactor and freed both the people and captured Vault 13 dwellers, killing both President Dick Richardson, Richard Richardson, and Frank Horrigan in the process. Ooh, I like that one. What? The the Frank Horrigan oh, stuff. Frank's a big boy. He is a big boy. He's large. He's also kind of in charge. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, every once in a while, when I need some motivation, I go on the Frank Oregon fallout.fandom.com slash wiki slash Frank Oregon, and mm-hmm. I listen to his voice clips, and there's one about when you're just about to blow up the oil rig, and he goes, You're not a hero. You're just a walking corpse. And I think it's the tightest shit ever. The legacy of the Chosen One, with the Gek in his hands, the Chosen One, along with the Arroyo tribe, the Arroyo tribals and the Vault 13 dwellers, found the city of New Arroyo and reunited the two bloodlines that had been separated for three generations. The village elder, pleased with the reunion, found peace and passed away a few months later, leaving the leadership of the the village to the Chosen One. With the combination of the Vault Dweller's technical know-how and the tribal survival skills, New Arroyo thrived under the Chosen One's rule and grew into a powerful civilization. Inspired by the Chosen One's example, Marcus wandered east after Broken Hills disappeared, eventually founding Jacobstown in the Mojave Wasteland. The courier may ask about the Chosen One, to which Marcus replies that he never found out what happened to the Chosen One after the group split up. But he has a feeling that everything worked out for him in the end. The Chosen One, who was also remembered by other individuals while not being born at the time it happened, Calamith Bob, fucking four out of ten name, still would tell stories about the, the, the tribal that visited the town of Calamuth, uh, who stirred up the place. And Cannibal Johnson! <laughs> Cannibal Johnson? <laughs> That's a great rap name. Cannibal Johnson? Cannibal Johnson! That um, is a good one. Uh, who would remiss about his visit to Navarro. 
So here's just the notes, the fun facts that are always here, that are always fun to read through. Uh, the Chosen One uses the same sprite as the Vault Dweller from Fallout, and therefore the player character looks identical to their grandfather or hypothetical grandmother. Though, even though the player can choose their age, it's canonical that the Chosen One is born on 3-23-2221, and they're first 20 years old at the start of Fallout 2. Via the Garden of forever random the guardian of forever random encounter the chosen one can go back in time to break vault 13's water chips setting the events of fallout 1 and by extension fallout 2 into motion this event is a not just star trek and is currently not considered canon but i think it's neat that's really cool yeah that's pretty much that but there is something i'd like to talk about quick um there is something called the book of elders and the Book of Elders is written uh, is a written account of Arroyo's history events and the Elders' uh, thoughts and its excerpts of which are featured in the official Fallout 2 strategy guide with secrets and whatnot. Um, Olive is going to read just That's a me. little bit from it. There's a couple snippets that she thinks are kind of important and that we should kind of go over. Um, so she's going to read a couple things for you. They're they're also they're they're broken up into seasons. Yeah, there's a bunch of seasons. Um, so it says so right here before we even get into it, it says the Book of Elders is ordered by seasons. Since the 322nd season entry is when Fallout 2 starts, four seasons correspond roughly to a year. All dates are estimated. Hit me with a bucko. All right. So I've chosen a couple of these seasons because there are a crap ton and most of them are useless, Mm -hmm. but some of them are kind of cool. So I'm going to start with the 83rd season, which is estimated to be 2183. The Vault Dweller was the one who selected the location of our village, behind a large dry valley. The surrounding lands are barren and it's of little interest to the casual traveler. Often, the best way to remain safe is to be in a place that excites little interest of the eyes of others. The people beyond the Great Bridge, which separates our village from the rest of the world, seem to find immense satisfaction in collecting scraps and leavings from the time before the Great Fires. Somehow, this link to the past gives them comfort. Our tribe is different, in that we gain our happiness from forging new beginnings and we gain our security in relying upon our abilities, rather than the artifacts of a time gone by. However, for all that to travel the wastes, one must adapt, or must one must adopt, to some degree, the ways and the objects of those who make their homes there, the things of the... The things of the before times may poison your soul if you rely upon them, but because they will help you survive, they are needed. I really like that one. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good one. I really like the, like, we don't get this and we don't care about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're going to have to, like, utilize it once in a while, but it's not, like, our thing. Yeah. So the next one I really liked was the 157th season. Uh, this is 2101. Or 2201. Know that our tribe is not alone in the wastes. Many strange and dangerous creatures live just beyond the Great Bridge. Some, although of unusual visage, are friendly. 
are friendly to our kind, but most are best treated with caution. If you travel the waste, remember the exile of our revered ancestor, who was cast out by his own kind from the vault of the Holy Thirteen. Indeed, many of the fearsome creatures almost defy description, but the most monstrous by far, and the most dangerous, is man. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I told you I picked out the the hitters. Yeah, and what I like about this is that it's very much, um, it's very much looked at through the eyes of tribal people. It's not just like mm. boop boop. Now we're here. Uh ha ha. I know how to read. My underwear is clean. Like it's just yeah. All right. So the last one that I thought was really cool, except for the the long one, which mm-hmm. we'll get to. Um, it is the three hundred and sixteenth season, uh, twenty two forty. One can save us. The call of the Vault Dweller's blood must run strong enough in one who would reveal themselves as the Chosen One. Far and far must the Chosen One travel to save our people. New, built upon the bones of the old world, conceals our future as well as our past. Only the One can bring the spirit of plenty back to our tribe. Only the one can sift the prize from the grip of the dead sands. The chosen one must bring out salvation, or we will surely perish. So this is the start of Fallout 2. Yes. And it reads... I'd like to uh, have Vince read it, because it's going to sound cooler if he says it. Truly, you are the chosen one. It is to you that we turn as our our arroyo, our village, our home, faces its hour of greatest need. In all of the years since our ancestor, the Vault Dweller, founded Arroyo, our people have known hardship many times. But never before has our village suffered so long periods of trial. The wells are almost dry, crops wither in the fields, and the old and the young alike sicken, and our Brahmin are dying." We have one hope, Chosen One, an object spoken of in the sacred texts of our ancestors. It is the birthright of our people, the Garden of Creation Kit, the wondrous Gek. Only that can save us now. Listen, Chosen One, and I will tell you the tale of your people that you may learn the promise of the Gek. When your ancestor was cast from Vault 13, I'm sorry, was cast from the Vault of the Holy 13 over 80 years ago, he and others who would escape the tyranny of the Vault of the Holy 13 traveled north. For months, they journeyed through the beast-hunted radioactive wastes left from the Great Burn in the Before Times. I love that as a descripting term. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, To distance themselves from the Vault. Finally, they came to the fertile valley nested beyond the deep gorge, our arroyo. Here they settled, and our people prospered on this land, the vault of Holy Thirteen, which your people had left behind, was remembered only in the shrine of your ancestors, the vault suit, the Holy Dweller's survival guide, and other sacred artifacts we nearly forgotten, but for the festival days. Now... Though things are different, your people suffer, and the elders have turned to the Holy Vault Dweller Survival Guide and help for these dark times. The sacred text mentions the Garden of Asian Creation Kit, an amazing device from the before times that we can turn any land into er in earthly paradise. We cannot last much longer without the salvation that the Gek promises, although 
The Holy Thirteen abandon our ancestor. They cannot turn their back on us now. You shall wear the mystic vault suit of our ancestor with the Holy Thirteen emblazoned upon it so that they will recognize you as the rightful heir to the promise of the Gek. You must travel the waste to find the vault of the Holy Thirteen and demand the Gek. This is the only way our people may yet be saved. I believe in you, Chosen One. However, others need evidence of your worthiness to be an emissary to the Holy Thirteen. You must brave the Temple of Trials to prove yourself to those who would question my choice as, your sa as our Savior. I have no doubt that you will show yourself to be a worthy champion for our village. Once you pass the Temple of Trials, you will need the wisdom that only experience can give you. There is no time for you to learn all that you need to know is now your own, so I will give you what help I can. I have read the Holy Vault Dweller's Survival Guide, as well as other tomes saved from the fires of the before time. Our, village, our village's own record, the Book of Elders, also contained great wisdom. When our people's wisdom may help you, I will offer it. Our ancestors will guide you as best as we can. Fear not, Chosen One. The strength of the Vault Dweller runs strong in your veins, and I know... You shall not fail us. Your quest begins. Cool. That's some tight shit. What's up? That's It's so tight. Yeah, I really like how it builds up the lore. I really fucking love... Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I want to read it again because it was so good. Uh, the Burn? Yeah, from the Great Burn in the Before Times. Yeah. Like, it's not referred to as the Flash or the Bomb. It's just the before time. And it's just the burn. Like, Oh, it's so fucking cool. Shit gets me ready to party. I think that's just about everything we have on The Chosen One. I, I really know the least, probably, about The Chosen One uh, of all of mm. the, uh, the folks, the, the protagonists. Because I have never played Fallout 2. Yeah, I've played a little bit of it, and I've watched a lot about it, but I've never... I think I got through the Temple of Trials, and then I just kind of stopped, because I was like, I really need to beat the first one, I feel. Yeah, like the the a Fallout guilt. <laughs> yeah. Being guilt-tripped by the game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would love to... I feel like I would learn a lot more in context if I played through it mm -hmm. but there's some tight writing in this game oh yeah fallout 2 has great writing uh, it's just not a atmosphere that i like as much as fallout 1's atmosphere like, I, I understand that i like how fallout 1's atmosphere is very much like everything's dead you're gonna die like i like that um where yeah. fallout 2 is just like hey shit's kind of established you're gonna die but slower Mm -hmm. And now go be the savior. Yeah, go save town. Go save the city yeah. of Townsville. It's I'm not saying it's the bad. city of Townsville. Um, that's all I have to say about them. That's all about, I have to say about it. That's it. That's it. And that's that, Jack. Um, that that's it. Cool. I guess we're out of lore now. Um, question for you. For me. Yes. Shoot. What does it mean to do the right thing? Ooh, that's a hard one. It's This is the kind of thing that I would like to ask context, but I know that that's not what you're getting at. 
Just an idea that I've had. What does it mean to do the right thing? Doing the right thing is... Following your your morals and your principles to the end to in a way that doesn't uh, directly like harm others. I feel like it's doing the right thing. Say that again. So, like t- doing the right thing is following your morals or your your code of of ethics in a way that doesn't uh, harm or like destroy others. So, like, for example, like, even if your code of ethics says, you know what, murdering is great, um, I wouldn't say that's the right thing because it's bringing harm or, uh, or, um, fucking over someone else's life. I see. That's what doing the right thing is for me, Mm -hmm. is, uh, doing, uh, following your heart and following what you believe in and doing what's going to make you happy. Um, as long as it's not at the expense of others. What if doing what do the right think? thing is the wrong thing? Uh, can I have an example? Uh, no. <laughs> like, what What if doing the right thing is more damaging than it should be? Like, it's the right thing to do, but it's going to damage something in the long run. Hmm. Then is it right to do the right thing, or is it right to not do the right thing, but you're not doing the wrong thing, because the wrong thing would be the right thing to not do? I would say as long as it's not in done selfishly, then mm-hmm. I feel like it's not, like, a problem. Um, as long as you're doing the right thing, even if, say the right thing is, um, let's do a trolley problem. Okay. You're, um... You're running down the the train tracks, and then you have to pick either right or left. Um, going to the right means killing five people, and going to the left means killing one person. But it's one person that you know. Mm. What is... This is a, a classic ethical dilemma yeah. of what's the right thing to do. Because it could be very easy for you to say, Oh, yo, that's like my brother on the track. There's no way I'm going to squish him. But then you are inadvertently choosing to murder five people. Yeah. Like that's your choice. Like, there's really... And with the trolley problem, there is really no right answer. It's just meant to get your thinking going. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it, like, holistically, it's choosing one person to die yeah. over choosing five people to die. Because there's no context. Be, yeah. There's there's the one fact, person that could be your grandma, and you're like, oh, that's grandma. And then the other one could be, like, five baby Hitlers and a Stalin. Yeah. <laughs> Th- that's an easy question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like, you yeah. don't know the context of who's the other people on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's easy to, like, desensitize yourself from it, of saying, like, oh, I don't know those people and they don't matter. But, like, those are five human yeah. lives, dude. yeah. And your active choice is to choose between them and someone and grandma. else. Grandma. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I. What do I, you think? What, what What do you think of in what, what doing do you think the right thing? thing? Yeah. I think doing the right thing is just doing. 
like this is going to be a cop out because you use the right you use the word in the sentence, but like it's just doing mm-hmm. what you think is right. Like I think it's yeah. I think it's a lot more basic than just like oh it's this deep ethological question of this and that, and it's like if something dramatic happens and you know like this is how this is going to get rectified, then you just do it, and there's nothing you can yeah. do about it. Just kind of like, follow your heart. Yeah, like normally your first reaction is your best reaction. Or not not best, but you know what I mean. Like the like yeah. your 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 first instinct is always right. Yeah. I was I was having a conversation with a friend recently and this kind of came up and it was just like, what is the right thing to do? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean Everything kind of depends on the context in like yeah. my, in my scenario. Yeah, I think context is, is big with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But which is a fucking blanket statement that sounds so stupid. Context is is big with a lot of things. Of course it is. Idiot. Yeah. This is gonna that's gonna be taken out of context. Yeah, of course. Um, another good way to describe it is do whatever is gonna help you sleep at night. Yes and no. Yeah. No, <laughs> because. <laughs> You could, you could, like, that That might help you sleep at night, but, like... Doesn't mean it was right. Yeah, it doesn't mean, like, it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I ran over that dog. But, I mean, was that the right thing to do? Really? Probably not. It's a question without an answer. Yeah. Really is, and it's just been on my mind for a little while. And I wanted to know what you had to say. So, moving on, um, I already used a great segue joke last week, so I can't do it this week. Um, oh, he killed me. He absolutely destroyed me. You want to talk about this Xbox? I would like to talk about the this these plural Xboxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Xboxes. Yeah, let's talk about these Xboxes because. I'm actually kind of excited, and I'm like a team PlayStation. Well, I'm team PC first, but yeah. Um, if I have to get a console, it's usually on the PlayStation side because I like their exclusives generally better. But the small Xbox looks like a really attractive offer. Finally, we got we got some news on what the Xbox is going to be, which means Sony's going to say something soon, hopefully. So mm-hmm. the Xbox Series X is coming out at five hundred. And the Xbox Series S is coming out at 3, and they're coming out November 10th. Um, that is a soon-ass time. Yeah. Microsoft apparently has, like, a million of these made already, from what I understand. That is not a lot. Uh, I don't know, because I think the Xbox One has only... How many? It's only sold, like, 20 million. Which, I mean, only sold 20 million, but the PlayStation yeah. 4, 5 has sold, like... Um, or 4. Or 4, sorry, has sold, like, 100 and something million. Because the Xbox One had a really rocky start. Yeah. But, I mean, 500 bucks? I would honestly pay five. If I had the money right now, if I weren't a broke college kid, I would shoot for a 500 buck console. I would pay that. So, here's what I'm saying. It's it's that. They just announced that now... Um, EA Play is coming to the game, coming to Game Pass at no extra cost. I don't know what Which EA is Play is. Awesome! It's basically EA's uh, subscription service where you can play a bunch of their games and get like uh, DLC for your games like at no charge. Wow! So like, if you have EA Play, you can like get The Sims Four and play all of the like hundreds of dollars worth of DLC. Wow! Just right off the box, and it's even EA Play is not that expensive. So the fact that it's being bundled with Game Pass is awesome. 
And at the end of the day, if you're into games that EA produces, you're going to be saving money if you do this offer. Like yeah. if you do the this Game Pass, but, but um, wait, but wait, route. There's more. There's fucking more. Oh. This is so. So the Xbox Series X, or sorry, Series S, the small white one, which I'm not a fan of white consoles. Uh, but it's all digital. Not huge on that. It's 1440p and up to 120 fps. What is 1440p? Is that like 2K? 1440p is the yeah. It's like 2K. All right, I'm fine with that. I don't need 4K. I'm cool with 1080. Honestly. Yeah, most most monitors right now, um, the standard is 1080. Most TVs right now, the standard is 4K. Um, and playing at 1440p is going to look good on a 4K TV, and it's going to be inconsequential on a 1080p monitor or TV. So this is honestly like right in the sweet spot for a regular customer. Yeah, this is direct. It has DirectX ray tracing, variable variable rate shading, variable refresh rate. I don't know what that means. Uh, low variable refresh rate is pretty fucking awesome, actually. It's got uh, ultra low latency, a custom 512 gigabyte SSD, which isn't great, but it's fine. 4K streaming media but there's, playback. There's an there's a, an update slot. There's an uh, like you can add another hard drive. Yeah, I'm fine with that. But a yeah. fucking 4K streaming media playback, right? That is pretty dope. And 4K upscaling for games. I am very interested to see how that turns out, because upscaling can kind of be rocky. It can kind of look smeared and shitty and stuff. So seeing what upscaling can do, depending on like the generation of game that you're playing on it, I'm mm. excited to see that. I... Okay, and this isn't even the best part. The best part about the whole thing is the Series S has a financing option, which I think is massive. I think it's the S fucking or the, X? the S. Oh, so like the regular, the three hundred buck one, the three hundred dollar one. If I'm reading it correctly, what Kyle sent me, and if I'm wrong, I'll pin a comment in the in the top to say that I'm wrong. Um, let me see where it is that Kyle just sent it. I'm just, I think it'd be so funny to just see the little like card pop up and says Vince is wrong and then it goes away. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> he so sent funny. someone texted out someone named Destin Larange. Xbox All Access will allow you to walk out of a store with a next gen console with two years of Xbox Game Pass Unlimited for twenty five dollars a month. That's astounding. Game Pass Ultimate alone is, is fifteen dollars a month, so you kind of only wind up paying two forty for the, and then it kind of cuts off. So mm-hmm. they're allowing you to finance a console. Shit, like that is fucking. That could actually massive. make it available for me because I make enough money a month that I can like cut back on how much I eat and have like an Xbox. Dude, $25. Yeah. $25 a month for next generation. Yeah. And I can even pay that off come Christmas. Yeah. So. Like, I I, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get one this year. Um, Mm -hmm. If I do get one and the uh, the offer is still available, I'll wind up getting one sometime next year, depending on how my life works out. And um, I was even saying. I also want to see Sony's response to this. Yes, because I don't think Sony had any idea this was going to happen. I feel like Sony's going to go, here's the PlayStation 5. It's $700. Oh, that would that would kill me. 
and it I would just actually have, kill me. I would I would honestly probably get an Xbox before I get um I would get an Xbox before I get a PlayStation because even if even if Microsoft says like hey um even if this is your first Xbox since the 360 and if you're buying it digitally you can't play all of your physical games that's fine we're going to still be selling all of our Xbox original Xbox 360 and Xbox One games at a reduced price on the store so even then mm-hmm. I can go back and play all of the Halos again yeah and Game Pass yeah and then Game Pass so like here's the way I look at it if I'm going to pay $240... Are you embracing the digital age? No. <laughs> Watch your mouth. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm kind of looking at is, like, even if I got it and just use it as, like, a media hub, and then I sometimes play games on it. Like, mm-hmm. I can stop using my, compu- my computer for, um, for YouTube as much and this and that. Like, I would still use it for that, but I could pop... I could just open the Xbox... You know what I mean? And, like, here's Hulu, here's yeah. Netflix, here's YouTube, here's HBO, and here's all the shit that I want to watch, and then occasionally I can play Halo on it. Like, And you know what? I will tell you, I um, the last place that I lived, my roommate had an Xbox One. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic media center. That's what it was designed to do, pretty much. It like, was. Yeah. It's a fantastic media center. There's, like, HDMI pass-through. Yep. Um, there's optical audio on it, so you can, like, mm-hmm. hook it up to, like, a sound system. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, my favorite part was the remote, the media remote was awesome. I just, I just helped my mom find one because my mom uses well, the, my, the uh, Xbox media remote. It's beautiful. It's like matte it's, and like glows yeah, it's, and it's, shit. It's, it's suede and it, it has motion like glow. Like you pick it up and it glows to like, really? even if it's dark. Yeah. Like it, it's completely like fine. Like the silicone is completely dark if it's yeah. just sitting on the table, but if you touch it, like that it starts to bring on the underglow so you can see what you're doing in the dark. I, I'm genuinely really... Its battery really... lasts forever. I lived there for like a year, and I don't think we've charged it once. No, you, they probably just took the batteries out of the smoke detector. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, I am genuinely considering getting one. Uh, oh, I, I think it's this puts it on the table for a lot of people. Yeah, and that's the number one thing is they're going to take a massive hit but they know that they're going to sell a stupid amount of products. Mm-hmm. They know that they're going to sell games and whatnot. And it's like, I you know wish what? the more Xboxes that are out there, the more people that are going to stay on for game pass and yeah. that's generating revenue. Can I be completely honest with you? Like, can I just tell you something that I think that this yeah, next generation absolutely. should do? I really think because people like to collect, if you buy a physical copy, it should come with a one-time download code. I think it should too. And I get it. You could just say like, well, oh, but then you could just give the disc away. Or you could buy the game. Well, maybe that wouldn't work because you could buy the game and then sell it. Use the code and then sell the game. Or think back to like the way PC licenses worked back in the day. Like you would buy a disc at like Walmart and inside literally was the regist- like your product code, your registration code. So you put the and disc in, but the disc didn't put really the disc do in, anything. You download the files and it says, yeah, um, put in your registration code so that you can use this. And that had its, its drawbacks, though. Before um, game library services like Steam or Origin or Uplay were out, if you lost that registration code or you got a new computer and you wanted to play that game, that code was already redeemed. So I think it would be a good system to say you buy a game, physical game, it comes with a a registration code. 
when you pop it in for the first time, it'll say, oh, register your game to your account. And once it gets added to your account, yeah, you can say give away that disc, but the code's already redeemed to your account. It's it's been digitized. I see. But that also kills the reusable game market. So yeah. See, that's my it's, thing is I just want to it's, own. It's ba- it balances. It's um. There's drawbacks and pros and cons and on each side. Like I like having a shelf of stuff. Like I like saying like mm-hmm. hey like because I've got too much shit anyway. No, so me give too. Me as much digital as possible. Me too. But like at the same time, it's like I can't believe I'm embracing digital. I can't fucking believe it. <laughs> like I never thought see, I'd be okay with it. Now you're gonna start making excuses for yourself to say, ah. Yeah, and as it becomes happen. the more affordable option, you're totally gonna bite because you're a penny pincher. Yep. What I think is gonna happen is I probably will go digital with with Xbox and mm-hmm. go physical with PlayStation. That would make sense, but also that's like a grand of hardware investment. So yeah, I know, but I'm not gonna knock a PlayStation. Oh yeah. Like I want a PlayStation more than I want the Xbox, but like you're you're it's so fucking cheap. And even if I wait I until want a PlayStation next for Christmas, Ratchet and Clank, dude, I, full send. Yeah, that's what yeah. I want a PlayStation for right now. That's I, what's drawing me in. I want to play fucking Last of Us Factions. Um, I want to play that bow game where you're gliding around that I can't think of that we were watching on a stream recently. Oh um, yeah, that looks cool. Bug Snacks is, looks neat. I'm not going to play it, but it looks neat. That game where you're yeah. like Robo Tokyo Cat. Robo Tokyo Cat, yeah. I don't remember totally the name of it. get that. You know what I mean, though, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I do remember what you're talking about, actually. That um, that game looks cool. Yeah. I know well, it's like $1,000. I'm excited longer. for the next gen. Yeah, I think I think we're about to... I, this generation has been all right. Uh, it what is this, Gen 6, Gen 7? I think we're going into Gen 8 or Gen 9. I don't remember. I don't know what the, the Gen breakdown is. But um, this generation has been nothing but fucking... Uh, what do you call it for me? It's been nothing but remakes and remasters. And I don't feel like my PlayStation was justified in its purchase until I played The Last of Us 2. So... Yeah. If I'm gonna pay three hundred bucks that I could watch Netflix and play Halo again, fuck it. Do you want to know something that was so sweet about the Switch about getting it at launch? What? That Breath of the Wild already justified the purchase for me, so now it can literally collect dust, and I feel like I got my money's worth. Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> like I, I play Smash all the time with my friends. I have a, a version of Okami on it because I own it on every console. Yeah. Um, it's just like a really great mobile console. So I, and Animal Crossing, of course. So like I get my use out of my Switch, but I feel like it's already made its money's worth for me. I played Breath of the Wild at Nauseam when it came out. And then I didn't feel like I was progressing or really doing anything. And I just saw a video recently that voiced my, my opinion perfectly. Um, cause I didn't really know how to verbalize it. And then I heard it mm-hmm. and the guy's going, I don't feel like I'm progressing every time I find a weapon. That's a good weapon. I'm scared to use it. And it just winds up taking inventory space. And then I use it 40 times and it breaks. Yeah. And I'm a, fr- I feel like I can't go take on any other high leveled enemy until I find that weapon. Like again. good weapons. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about the uh, last list, about Breath of the Wild. I don't think Breath of the Wild is that great. I just don't. 
I don't feel like I ever progressed other than I could take a few more hits and I could run a little longer. It took too long to get anything done. The horse system was atrocious. What are you talking about? Like, I have to go to a thing, and, like, I thought the whistling was cool, but that was totally um, taken from Red Dead, because Red Dead did that, but you could do it from anywhere to call your horse. Um, I just thought that I had to, like, find stables, and they were so fucking scattered, and if I went 30 feet away from my horse, I couldn't whistle for them. Yeah, they ended up fixing that with one of the DLCs, with one of the items you can uh, attach to your horse. Really? Yeah, it's like the ancient horse armor, and you can whistle from it from anywhere in the world it'll just spawn your horse next to you yeah i like that a lot more if that was in yeah. it i probably would i probably would have en- honestly i probably would have enjoyed the game more if i if if it had that to begin with that's fair um but yeah i my my switch is sitting there just hey how you doing yeah, i'm all right like <laughs> my switch is downstairs because it's it's my my family console mm-hmm. so um, yeah, that's that's where it stays. I mean, I don't play it as much as I used to because I've been actually PC gaming recently. Wow. So I spend basically all my time in my room because this is also my office and also my schoolhouse. Yeah. And I haven't... You I left the dungeon. house on Tuesday. I left the house on Tuesday and it was the first time I'd left the house in like 15 or 16 days. You and, don't go grocery shopping? Oh, I mean like... I go grocery shopping, but I haven't because I've been uh, busy with school and work. So Mm. usually groceries show up in my fridge because we buy groceries as a family. So no matter who goes out and gets it, we just end up paying each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like for the past two weeks, I was literally just going crazy in my room. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's weird, man. Pandemic weird. Yeah, I'm just tired of it. Um, I'm I'm tired of it. I wish people would stop doing. I wish this country could get their fucking shit together. Yeah, I also want more government money, please. Yeah, it's not happening. Ugh, I know, but I think that's... because I didn't get any to begin with. So yeah, I'm not bitter. Sorry, Kyle just sent me a tweet saying there's an update on. Skull and Bones Ooh. from the from Ubisoft Singapore. It will not be at UB Forward. Working on more ambitious game. Need more development time. New talent has joined the team. More news next year. This game's gonna flop. I want a pirate game in the worst way. Anytime I see that more yeah. people have been added to a team after the game's already been in super development, I automatically just go, okay, the vision's lost. Really? Yeah. Because, like... I think the perfect example is the Fallout series. If you look at Fallout 3, and it was made by, like, 30 people, 40 people, and then you look at Fallout 4, and there's, like, 200 people that worked on it, and and a different studio that helped out towards the end, uh, that game is not a a Fallout game. (laughs) Uh, It's it's a fun game. It takes place in the Fallout universe, but I, I would never... I mean, not that I would never consider that a canonical uh, mainline entry, but it just it feels so far away from what Fallout feels like. And as much as people want to shit on Fallout 3 and say that might have been the death of the series and it had a quick resurgence with New Vegas, Fallout 3 really, for me, drives home the same feelings of Fallout 1 and sense of architecture especially. Nobody gives that game 
the props it deserves in terms of architecture. The buildings look authentic to Fallout One. The feeling of of isolation, it's so desolate that all of that shit I I really 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 got when I played Fallout One, and um, they had an idea. It was concise. It's not the best writing. It's the quests are fun. Uh, they can be a little linear, but they're... It's really fun the first time through when you're getting to discover everything brand new for the first time. That I remember beating the game and and taking the exploration perk just so I can go find everything. Like, that's a really, really fun part of the game, where I was Mm -hmm. playing Fallout 4 and just going, I'm a white man, no matter what skin color I am, talking to people, and as I'm talking to people, it's just this fucking, how can I help you? And something that bothers me about Fallout 4 that I never fucking articulate, but I, I don't know how it doesn't bother other people you could meet somebody like you meet desdemona for the first time and before she even tells you her name you can walk up to her and just go excuse me desdemona how do you know her name uh i know what you're talking about yeah because like they had all the individual like lines to address people with like important names so you could like uh what's his name who's the super mutant virgil yeah like you you meet virgil and before you would even know that it's him like they just say, "Hey, go meet Virgil. He's in the he's in the glowing sea." You can walk into this cave, and all of a sudden, there's a super mutant. My first instinct isn't, "Huh?" Or when you meet you meet Father before he even tells you that he's Sean. I think you can talk to him and be like, "Excuse me, Sean," and it's like, "Fuck you! Come on!" Like, no, I think they're very they were particular about that one. I I don't know, but. There's a few times where before you even know who the person is, you address them by their name. Like, there was a time where I found somebody out in the wastes, and it was like, Dr. And it was just like, come on, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like, when too many people work on one thing, I feel like the vision gets lost. And I could be wrong. This game could be great. I want it to be great. I think that there's a huge... Remember how we had that zombie game boom in the the, the 2010s? Mm -hmm. I think we are due for a pirate boom. Pirates are so fucking cool. Yeah, I would like to see a pirate game, especially now that we have got, like, better hardware that we can run things on. Like, full-on, like, pirate sim. Like, build your own ship. Yeah. Yar. Go out and and yar it up. Go find treasure. Like, a pirate MMO would be really fucking cool. Yes. Kind of. They have that one rare game, um, Sea of Thieves, that looks neat. Looks really, really neat, but it's just... I don't know. Um, I, I, from the coverage that I understood of it, it seemed like it kind of underperformed, or it came out in early access and people played it a lot then. Yeah. But then as it got better, it like dropped off in popularity. It's a so, Fallout seventy six situation. Yeah. Yeah. It came out. It was okay. It wasn't great. And it's a game as a service. Yeah. It's another reason why I try not to buy games as soon as they come out. But we mm. got to wrap this episode up. We're going a little long. Um, How are we? Yeah. Uh, I love you. You're my friend, and I appreciate you. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I wasn't expecting that. You should. You need to see my reaction on the camera. Oh, okay. Um, I'm like about to cry. Oh my goodness! Don't get up. Weird. I've had a weird day. <laughs> um. Thank you for listening. Uh, links in the description below to everything. There's going to be a link to our Twitters. There's going to be a link to our Discord. There's going to be a link to our Redbubble and our Patreon. If you want to support us in any way, we appreciate it. Robo Vince back again. We need to thank Shane Ivers for the usage of his song, Feather Duster. You can get a slew of free music at SilvermanSounds.com.
they all bang, slap, smack, smoke, and other adjectives. Thank you, Papa Ivers. Kyle is a thief and steals cookies when no one is looking. It has financially destroyed my family and has left me dumpster diving for ham scraps like some six-piece chicken McNobody. Boop bop bleep cream. Enjoy and thanks for listening. I think that's everything. Yeah, I think that is everything. Um, we went through all the, the, the stuff. Um, this episode was substantially better. I hope. Don't one. fucking jinx us, you... Mm. <laughs> I hope. I, I, I'm again. I'm sorry about last episode. Thank you for being here and coming back for another week. Um, uh, see you next week, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Gulman Entertainment Production.